Check your panties. Aging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I'm having chest pain. So sit down, shut the fuck up, take your cock out of your hand, and listen. Joey Valentine. Thank you. Thank you, my fellow Americans, for being here today. It is important now for us to understand that more than ever we need to come together as one. This once great nation has seen so many hard times in the past. There is nothing that we cannot get through. There is nothing we can't achieve if we just come together. We can all have penises. We can all have vaginas. We can all play on the same sports team. Identify as one. Human beings. America, you are fat. You are slovenly. You are lazy, entitled. And you think you're better than everyone else. And you know what I say? I say you're right. We are the best at being fat. We are the best at being lazy. And we are the best at being entitled. And you will never take that away from our great country, the United States of America. Listen to me, people. I, Joseph Valentine, swear to you that I will make a change for this country. We can get things back to the way they were. All it takes is a little love. So put down your hate and your wokeness and your gender-neutral bathrooms and your tucking it in. Put it all away and try and be just one thing, just one thing, the thing that you were born to be, that you were meant to be. And that is an American. God bless you all. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Fat Guy Loves Cake. It is a new episode here Wednesday, June. I mean, June? No, not June. July the 6th, 2022. I am Joey Valentine. Got my dates all mixed up there. I am so happy to have you here. This is your crispity, crunchity, peanut butteriest podcast. 
I'd say it's your favorite podcast or soon to be favorite podcast, but I got called out on that. See, this guy, he really hurt my feelings today. He left me a, uh, see, he, uh, he sent me an email to let me know that I'm not funny. His name was Derek. I don't know where he's from, and I'm not going to say his email because I'll respect his privacy and his opinion. He is entitled to tell me that I'm not funny, and I am, in fact, not his favorite podcast and will not soon be his favorite podcast. I'm sorry. I wrote him back, and I said, well, I, it's not for everybody. Thanks for listening. You added one more to the count, you know? I wasn't a jerk about it. But it really bummed me out, you know? I spent my whole day, like, really down on myself because I have to have everyone love me. I don't like anyone telling me they don't like what I do. It really, like, one person can tell me they don't like what I do, and I fucking obsess about it. And then I think about my favorite author, Stephen King. He submitted Carrie and Christine to, like, 300 publishers, and they all turned him down saying that he was not talented enough. Stephen King. And mind you, those books that he wrote, Carrie and Christine, when they did get published, they were not edited to like enhance them or make them better. No, they were almost word for word published. So <laughs> I'd like to think that somewhere in the 80s, there was a couple of publishers who like offed themselves because they passed on the literary royalty that is Stephen King. But that's the way it is, man. It just blows my mind. You know, like I work really hard on these. Okay, now mind you, I'm not going to go into a poor me thing here. I am just making a point. It, it, it blows my mind how I put so much effort into making people laugh and not for money, not for anything other than like the joy of seeing people genuinely laugh at what I do and for the attention. That hurts literally no one. And then I'm going through YouTube and there's like a guy making pancakes and it's 30 seconds long and there's nothing funny about it. And he's got like 1.4 million views or some kids driving a virtual bus to school up a cliff. I actually saw this one time. An ex of mine, her son, he watched gaming streams all the time, which I don't get at all. Why would you want to watch someone play video games? That was like the most horrible thing to do when I was a child. If your friends were playing, your hands were burning, waiting to have that controller back in your hands when it was your turn. And now there are millions of people who sit around and watch people play video games. I've checked these videos out. It'd be one thing, like if you had Robin Williams playing video games, you know, and, and his quick fire wit for like an hour. Okay, I get it. Or any fucking famous comedian, you know, anybody can ad lib and improv, you know, if they're playing a video game. But no, you got these pasty fucking corn fed stick bean pole fucking white kids sitting in a $5,000 gamer chair, and they're just, like, they're just playing with the occasional, like, oh, man, or, oh, that sucks. And they stream for five hours, and it's like, 100 million people are watching. I'm like, what the fuck? I was happy when I just got into triple digits. You know what I mean? Like, as in 100 I don't get it. Is it just luck? Like, it has to be luck, right? Or is there something is something I'm getting wrong? If I was to live stream myself just watching television, could I get more followers than this podcast does? I'd be putting in a hell of a lot less work. 
I can't say it would be funnier. Like, what are you doing after school? I'm going to check out Joey's podcast. What's he doing? Watching TV, laying around, you know, petting his cat sometimes, hands down his pants, scratching his balls. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. And then, the, then I stop streaming, and they're like, can't wait for the next episode. Wonder what he's going to do. I bet he scratches his balls. I don't know, man. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm so fucking excited. Me and the other 99 million people that want to know what Joey does tomorrow when he's in bed for five hours. I'm missing something, man. I'm missing something. That's okay. I just, you know, this podcast to me is kind of like a, um, an audio diary, if you will. Whenever you miss Joey, you just tune in and listen to the sound of my voice. You guys remember that time when we were doing this and doing that? All right. So did you guys have a great uh, 4th of July weekend? I hope so. Do you guys still love America? I'm trying to get you to. <laughs> I hope I haven't lost listeners because they think I'm some kind of like, I don't know. What am I? Am I something? You know me. I'm easy. I just want to make everyone happy. If someone were to ask me my views, I'd be like, you know, I like this and that. Yeah, but how do you feel about that? Well, you know, there's, there's things to think about. There's, yeah, but do you, are you for it or against it? Well, you know, I just, I read stuff and I hear things. <laughs> Never give a straight answer. I can tell you one thing that I do believe in, equality. No matter how many jokes I make that pertain to race or gender or anything, it's all in fun because I 100% believe in equality. I take everyone on a case-by-case -case basis. I assume you are an asshole until you prove otherwise, and that's how I live. As I've gotten older and fatter and wiser, I have gotten more acclimated to the idea of being nice to my fellow man, not because it's the right thing to do, but because it feels good, too. It feels nice sometimes to go out and just be like, ma'am or sir or hi, how are you? Or just make conversation. I used to hate making conversation with people out in public. I'd always see like this, you know, when you're in line at the grocery store, there's always like one, you know, who's going to talk to you. And you see them like kind of looking around like for a reason to talk to someone. And you're like, oh, fuck me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Now I embrace it. You want to stop here in the ice cream aisle and you want to talk about your fucking bunion? Let's go. Let's rock and roll. In my work, I deal with a lot of the elderly. And I thought that was going to be difficult. And I find that it is actually one of the most endearing, heartwarming, redeeming things that I've ever done in my life. The older, the better. You know, I watched my grandmother slip into Alzheimer's. And in a sense, she was dead years before her body gave out. She wasn't the woman that I remembered, the one that I loved love still love very much and think about all the time my nana my government cheese serving orange sherbet nana and i talk to old people and they start like <laughs> the youngest started being born in like 1930 and they are fantastic i do not have to fake being nice to these people they call and they need medical advice they need to talk about things what's going on with their Medicare, their Medicaid, and I just listen. And I don't, like, 
you know, do something else while they're talking. I really listen. I have to take a genuine interest in what they tell me, and it's awesome, man. These are people that came from a time that I have no concept of what it was like to live in, that you have no concept of what it's like to live in. It was only like 50 years ago when we still had signs that were up in Louisiana that said no coloreds, segregated water fountains. I know that there are some massive problems with the race in this country, and but just understand that this is not an American problem. This is a worldwide problem. It's just people can be awful. And that's why I keep telling everyone, my listeners, why I believe so much in America, because we've come so far. I just want to say for the record, I hope you guys don't mind me talking about serious stuff for this episode, but I just want to say for the record that I truly believe in my heart that America is on a path to greatness again. I believe that America is just going to hit rock fucking bottom, which feels like it's getting close. There's going to be some major events, and I think someone or something or some kind of organization or some sort of powerful leader is going to take the reins and really whip this shit into shape. And I hope that I'm alive to see when it happens because man, woman, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, anybody that I've left out, I apologize. We are all just a bunch of meat sacks with beating hearts and the ability to reason. And we need to use it and we need to fix shit. Unfortunately, our history as human beings has not been a good one. And all we ever seem to do is find new and more creative ways to kill ourselves. And that saddens me. But I hope everybody out there is doing okay. And I would like you all to know, that since I am actually making this semi-serious episode, that um, I like to listen. And I am a very intelligent man. And I have a lot of great ideas. And I have a hell of a lot of experience with overcoming gigantic obstacles. And if you ever need someone to talk to, if you're feeling down, if you're suicidal, if you're depressed, if you can't get over someone, if you're having trouble drinking, drugs, anything like that, you can always contact me and I will make time to talk to you and help you in the best way possible that I have to offer. You do not have to be embarrassed. I am really offering this to anyone that needs it because there are times when we all need it. There was a time when I was so fucking down and I was just so prepared to die and, and made peace with it and everything. And I had so many people that wouldn't let me. And I owed them so much. And if any of you are listening, you know, Casey, Brooke, Aaron, Vandy, A.A. Ron, Ashley, who was my savior and my most current sobriety, Phil, Danny, Scooter, Matthew, rest in peace, all amazingly wonderful human beings that no matter how bad it got for me, never gave up on me. And I would tell them, why do you, or I'd ask them, I'd say, why the fuck do you care about what I do to myself? And they'd all give me the same answer because you're better than this. You're a great person. We know you can, you can fix this. And they were right. I did. And here I am. And it would only be fair that I can offer this wonderful gift to anyone out there. So if you happen to be listening to my show, this particular episode, this is not the normal thing. This is not what I do. I don't break from the comedy very often. So I apologize to you guys who tuned in for a laugh. 
but I, I wanted to address a serious subject. If you have PTSD, I've never been in the service, but I got lots of friends that I've dealt with who do have PTSD. If you've ever had panic attacks, anxiety attacks, thoughts of suicide, just anything, man. You just want to have some human contact where you feel like somebody actually genuinely cares and wants to listen to you. Give me an email at fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. Don't be embarrassed. I'll give you some love. I got lots of love to spread around, okay? So that's all I'm going to say on that. But to you, Mr. Derek, if you're listening, which means that you tuned in again, <laughs> Mr. Derek, who thinks that I'm not funny, Mr. Derek, who doesn't want to make this his favorite podcast ever, I'm going to take the high road and be mature and say... Count it, honky face! <laughs> yeah... I spent my whole July 4th weekend watching nothing but Marvel movies. Now, I am not the biggest comic book movie person. When they first started making Marvel movies, I actually wasn't that excited about them. And I had a big falling out with my girlfriend at the time because I missed the Avengers. See, what happened was is that the Avengers came out and then this other movie came out. And it was like, it wasn't The Notebook, but it was like if you were taken to see The Notebook by your girlfriend type of movie. Except this one was, like, I actually enjoyed The Notebook, but this movie that we went and saw was fucking horrible. I complained about it through the whole thing, and we had a huge fight before I finally gave up, and I, I let her enjoy the other half of the movie. It went nowhere. It was, like, people talking and then crying and then doing nothing, and then it ended. It was the worst movie. It's, it was so fucking bad, I can't even remember the plot or the name. She forced me to go see that movie. And at that point, we'd already been going out like a year. So it's not like I had to go. It's not like I had to earn points with her. You know, I did it because I was trying to really be a good boyfriend. Sometimes you in a relationship, you have to do things that you don't want to do. That's just a fucking fact. And if you disagree, then you might as well fucking start looking for a new boyfriend or girlfriend because I don't care what anybody says. Like, I don't care if two people get together and like, we have the perfect relationship. We love all the same shit. No, you fucking do not. I guarantee you there's at least one thing that she or he does for you that they fucking hate that they will never tell you they hate because they love you. I, uh, unfortunately for anyone who dates me, have a big mouth and I will tell you that I hate doing it. I'll do it, but I'll complain the whole time and make you miserable in hopes that you will never ask me to do it again. But some women don't learn, and they think they can change me. <laughs> they find out they're wrong. But the Avengers had come out, and I knew this was going to be like an epic movie. I knew this was like one of those movies that you need to see in the theater, just so you can say you did. Like, if you could go back in time to 1977, Star Wars is opening up. Okay, you wouldn't miss that for the world, right? You would never, ever, like, you would kill to make it to that screening on time so you could say, I was there opening day and I saw Star Wars 1977 opening crawl. It was fucking awesome. I am a piece of history now. Like, The Dark Knight. Like, you know, just any epic movie. It just depends on your taste. But. The Avengers coming out because you could feel that there was going to be a comic book movie explosion, you know, with Marvel getting bigger and Batman had already kind of made a name for itself pretty well, even though it was in the 80s in the beginning. But you could feel 
you could feel the studios were starting to catch on like, oh, okay, kids really like this shit. We should make more of it. And now they're just cranking them out. They're still all pretty good, too. But I was never that big of a fan, but I knew I needed to see the Avengers. And one of the last fights we had before we broke up was about that movie. And I'll never forget, we were in line at the Hastings. There used to be this Hastings where I live. This enormous Hastings. Something you'd see in a big city, not where I live. It had movie rentals. And I'm talking about new releases all the way from everything ever made to new releases. And they were just a buck a night. No, they were two bucks. And if you return them in one day, you got a dollar back. And they'd credit it to your Hastings card. So after a while, you'd have a shitload of credit on your card. It's awesome. Had all this... Stuff that you would get at, like, Comic-Con, you know, it had collectibles, shirts, and action figures. They had vinyl records. They had books as far as the eye could see. And they had one of the best coffee shops I've ever been to in my life, if not the best. And it was, on the weekend, it was packed. It, I would have preferred to go there on the weekend than anywhere else, like a bar or a, a show, seeing a live band. Hastings was the shit, man. You go in, you get a book, you sit down, you get some coffee. So we were there. And she would not go to the Avengers. She refused to go and see it. The Drive. Was that the name of that movie? The Drive? I think it was like there was a car accident in the beginning. Let's just say it's The Drive. <laughs> the, the car wreck. The fucking, the major accident that was the end of my relationship. We're standing in line. We're renting movies. I couldn't get her to go to the Avengers. And I'm like, you know, everyone's talking about it. Oh, I saw it earlier. Yeah, blah, blah. And she starts complaining about how I complained about going to that movie. And I said, yeah. And I like really loud in line around like 100 people. I said, you know what? I didn't get to go see the fucking Avengers. So you can take your rom-com and cram it up and fucking crack. And then I stormed out. And then we broke up a few days later. But I, I think we were already on our way there. <laughs> There's always that tipping point in a relationship, you know, where you go. It was right about there. Thank you guys for letting me talk. Thank you guys if you stuck around to the end here for to listening. Uh, maybe I'll start a little therapy show, huh? Caller, you're on the air with Joey Valentine. Yeah, I got a real fan problem. Every time I have sex, I fart a lot. That was actually something that I heard one time. The, uh, uh, what's his name? Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew used to be real big back in Dallas. I mean, it was the whole United States, but Dallas, like everyone tuned in every night. And people would call in with their relationship problems. And I'll never forget that this girl called in and she complained about, like, she has this boyfriend, loves him, sex is wonderful. But when they have sex, he farts, I guess unknowingly, but he farts and the whole room fills up with the stink of his gas. And she didn't know what to do. I don't remember what they told her. This was so long ago. But, I mean, what what would you do, huh, Listeners? Fat guy listeners, what would you do if your partner, could, would you put a cork in it? <laughs> Some duct tape, maybe? <laughs> I don't think I could get past it. I don't do smells, any smells. I'm not just talking about, like, sexual ones. I'm talking about smells. You can get away with them now and then, but if you consistently smell like something that you're, it's your body trying to tell you that that area needs attention, whether it be your ass or your underarms, or anywhere, your hair. I don't play that shit. I take very good care of myself, and I expect the same from my partner. I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think it's too much. I think everyone should actually hold these standards. Like, I don't know, man. I have some friends. They're like, oh, the dirtier, the better, man. 
Like, what? Seriously, I have friends. I'm not just talking about, you know, munching rug. Just like, like, oh, I like my women for dirty and filthy and nasty. And like, you could, like, where does that come from? Like, when you were growing up, did your mom not let you play in the sandbox? She constantly would yell at you if you got close to things that were dirty. You're going to ruin those new white pants. I'm sorry, mama. I'm sorry. And they finally have a relationship and they're like, I'll show mama how dirty I can be. And we're done. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Tune in Friday. Who knows what you're going to get? It's like a, <laughs> like a something. Something that you don't know what the fuck it's going to be. Hug your children tight, kiss your kitty cats, and please be nice. I'll see you guys soon. Personality, the cult of personality, the cult of personality.